You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 289. There are no longer any undefeated teams left in the NFL as the formerly 8-0 Philadelphia Eagles are now 8-1 after losing to the 11-point underdog Washington Commanders in front of a national audience on Monday Night Football. Uh, Ugly game uh, for the Eagles. Very weird game. Very sort of unlucky game. Uh, for the birds in that matchup. Uh, but before we get to all that and uh, some bad injury news uh, as well, why don't we first hear about the finest meat snacks in the land from my friend Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I am not convinced, Jimmy, that the Eagles ate enough righteous fell on Kraft Turkey before this game on Monday night. I think if they had more, <laughs> they would have won the game. Um, so don't be like the Eagles in this instance and don't find yourself not eating enough righteous felon craft jerky which you can get by going to righteousfelon.com and using discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off your order <sighs> jimmy frustrating one I, I have to say definitely a frustrating loss for the eagles it was a game just get a little overview here before we get into the I, mean, I guess the specifics it just wasn't their night i think, <laughs> I think that's what it boils down to um, despite that, it was a game they still could have won, and they would not have deserved to win it, but they could have won it, and they didn't. And here they sit at eight and one, still atop of the NFC as a whole, still atop of the NFC East. So certainly could be a lot worse. And you know the actual feeling of losing, uh, you're not really ready for that, I think, until it actually happens. Uh, but here we are. Yeah, they're cushion in the nfc is what really took the biggest hit um now they're tied with the vikings at eight and one of course they have the head-to-head uh tiebreaker uh against (laughs) against the vikings that game was crazy by the way the vikings bills game uh on sunday and then of course their cushion against the giants is now reduced to one game they're only up like one game on the giants they were up uh two and a half games uh, to Dallas after they lost uh, in Green Bay on Sunday. Uh, could have gone up three on them, but now they're only two ahead of Dallas. So, uh, yeah, opportunity lost here. And it's a divisional game, which is uh, potentially um, harmful in terms of tiebreaker. Uh, yep. you know, tiebreakers down the line against either Dallas or or the Giants. Before we get to the game, though, I think we should pro- – let's cover Dallas okay. Goddard first because it was reported by Mike Garofolo and Tom Palacero that he is going to be out for a significant amount of time. I forget exactly how they worded it, but that's extended essentially what it time was. With is a the sh- way they said it. Okay. Extend- okay. So I guess the first thing we have to see is if they put him on injured reserve this week, which if they do, then that means they think he's going to be out for a month or more because he'll have to miss uh, at least four games. Um, so that's the first thing. I imagine that's probably what will happen mm-hmm. because – that's what extended time means to me. Maybe, uh, you know, Mike Garofalo and Tom Palacero, I don't know, over-exaggerated. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. But um, it's a devastating loss if he's out for a really long time because when you look at depth uh, across the Eagles roster, that is one position where you, the the drop-off from the starter to whoever is replacing him is is like very wide uh, gap in terms of talent level. Dallas Goddard is a top five kind of tight end in the NFL without any obvious uh, glaring weaknesses in his game. And you're either, and you're going from him to a combination of Jack Stoll, who is a good blocker, but not much of a threat as a receiver. Uh, uh, Grant Calcaterra, who 
I think he showed in training camp when he was healthy. Uh, I mean, he he missed a lot of camp, but when he was healthy, he showed that he could catch the ball a little bit. Can't block yet. Uh, total liability in that department. And maybe Tyree Jackson, who the Eagles, uh, they activated the 21-day practice window for him to return from the pup list. I think that was uh, October 26th. Yep. So he'll... They have to activate him, like, just doing the math in my head on that. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Wednesday, November 15th. Wednesday, November 16th is the last. So they either have to do – they have to do one of two things. Activate him from Pup to the roster or he's done for the season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a big it's a big loss if, if uh, they lose – I mean, hashtag analysis. Of course it is. He's got over 500 receiving yards so far this year. Uh, he's got three touchdowns. He's a good blocker. He's a guy that, I mean, didn't even come off the field mm-hmm. after he got injured uh, in that game. Uh, it's a tough player. That the the play that had happened on, of course, of course, of course, he got injured on that play, which was one of the worst. I mean, just it's one of the worst plays of the Eagles season. Uh, to maybe the worst play of the mm-hmm. Eagles season when he got. I mean, now it is now that he got hurt. It was maybe a toss up between that and the Quez Watkins oh. fumble. Uh, but on that play, of course, as you all saw in the game, Jamin Davis just grasped his face mask and yanked his face down into the turf. And then um, Ridgeway, I forget what his first, John Ridgeway, I think, just with his 320 pounds, landed on uh, Goddard with all of his with all of his weight and probably crunched up his shoulders uh, inside of his body. And um, yeah, he's going to be out for, for a while. He, he stayed down on the field for a little while after that play, but because it was a turnover, he didn't miss any snaps. And uh, like, like I said, he played in every snap in that game. But man, that's a it's a big loss if, if he's if, if he's out. Into the like if he just if he just misses regular season games, that's fine. Well, it's if not he's fine. out it's into not, it's the playoffs. Fine. Well, okay, but it, I mean it's not it's not okay. Obviously, it's not as bad right. as the the doomsday scenario is if he has to miss if he like if that injury extends into the playoffs. Which um, I mean, he is such an integral part uh, of the team in the offense that I mean it, it's going to be almost impossible to replace what he does for the offense. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal. He's obviously one of their top three guys. I mean, if you want to look at how he ranks in different receiving categories real quick, uh, third in targets, third in receptions, just one behind A.J. Brown, uh, receiving yards second, receiving touchdowns tied for second, big plays. Uh, we talk about how he's so good at that for a tight end specifically, 20-plus tw- uh, mm-hmm. yards or more, second on the team. And then first downs, he's tied for first. Um, huge to them moving the chains. So it's devastating. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think the options behind them have potential, not to certainly really close the gap on the on what you're missing with him. But like, I, I will say it, it's preferable to me to having, you know, Richard Rogers back there, who's like a guy who like, you know, he, he is what he is. Like there isn't potential for him to be good. He's just going to be what he is, Richard Rogers, which is fine as like a number three tight end, but certainly not someone who you want as your top tight end. Like in theory, Tyree Jackson might come back and maybe he kind of, flashes some of that potential we saw back in training camp of 2021. I'm not banking on that. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's likely, but there's there's like some kind of potential here. And like Grant Calcaterra, maybe he can be a thing. Um, so maybe you can kind of piece it together for these next four games if that's all he has to miss. Obviously, to your point, if it's a more extended period of time, I don't feel good about that. The, <laughs> the face mask being missed, is just, it's just pathetic. Like everyone's seen the screenshot by now. And if you haven't, I have it in my article of Dallas Goddard, uh, the news of his injury on bleedinggreennation.com. Back judge is literally staring at him. What the F is he looking at? What is he looking at? What could he possibly be looking at except the ball? Like, what else is he looking at on that play? He's a clear angle. There's no one in front of him. He's staring at Dallas Goddard. How do you not call that? I want to be very clear. The Eagles deserve to lose this game. No question about it. They could have still won the game, despite the fact they deserve to lose this game. But these refs were infuriating. They made it all that more frustrating. With this, like, this nonsensical. Like, what? How would you miss that call? And in such a crucial situation. And like, it wasn't like, uh, you know, that didn't have anything to do with the turnover. I'm pretty sure Dallas got her having his head almost ripped off. Like, contributed to him losing control of the football. Like, so how do you reward that? It's dumb. Oh yeah, he lost that fumble because he was being. It wasn't like a, you know what I mean. Face. But like, I want to distinguish that here. It wasn't just like they would have got bailed yeah. out by some ticky tack thing. No, like this this illegal play contributed to this very uh, important like moment in the game. So it's just incredibly frustrating. I mean, refs are going to miss calls. I get that. 
but like i'm just i'm i don't understand how the back judge is looking at it and then the explanation after the game i thought was pretty lame and the, i just doesn't does it change anything no but i just feel like there's a lack of accountability when it comes to like oh we did miss that call like clearly he got face masked it was like oh we didn't see it on the field well how did you not see it and also can you admit you at least saw it on the replay that you had to look at like 50 times anyway right uh, so that's ridiculous it makes the injury that much more frustrating it's literally adding injury to insult um because that was such a pivotal moment of the game um while we're talking about the officiating, I guess we should just stick with that real quick because the Brandon Grant, I mean, there was other calls yeah. too. Um, I thought, and to be clear, I'm not saying the officiating was only one-sided. I thought the pass interference penalty that the Eagles benefited from on Devontae early in the game Agreed. was a little tacky. I, I understand why they called Agreed. it. I don't think it was a phantom call, but I thought, you know, I probably wouldn't have thrown the flag if it were me. Um, but mm-hmm. the Brandon Graham play, and I know uh, there was a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson where from the press box, I could see that Whoever he hit, he hit in bounds. It was not out of bounds. So I don't know how you missed that. Um, I don't know if they call that helmet to helmet or uh, or uh, or head Obviously, the, the guy pick. was very clearly yeah. still in bounds. If, if even if it were helmet to helmet, I thought that would have been a weak call mm-hmm. as well because he didn't like lead with the crown of his helmet. Um, it was more like incidental helmet to helmet. Uh, but yeah, that was obviously a very bad call. I had forgotten about that. That one actually, didn't really matter. He gets the interception in the next play, so not the biggest deal. Yeah, but, um, the Brandon Graham. I can't believe people are like, "Oh, we shouldn't have run into him." The whistle was blown <laughs> as he was like <laughs> sliding. Dude, what did you want him to be in the matrix? Like, what the hell? What did you want, Brandon? I, I have no, <laughs> I have no, no respect. <laughs> respect is a hard word. Um, I have no. Sim- I, I can't buy anyone saying Brandon Graham should have let up there. He should have known better. How? He was literally like sliding already. I, I watched that clip, like not exaggerating, a hundred times. Every time I watch it, the whistle is blown as Brandon Graham is already sliding towards Taylor Heineke. What is he supposed to do? Stop his momentum as he's sliding? I don't know. I don't know what the coaching point is there. What are you going to tell him to do differently? And also, I think there's no context of like, He's weaving through traffic as he's rushing at the quarterback. He doesn't have a, like a, a clear line of sight on Heineke the whole time. He doesn't know that he's necessarily taking a knee there, which, by the way, right. I feel like that's a new market inefficiency. If you're a quarterback and it's like third and 26 and you're probably not going to get a first down anyway, just take a <laughs> knee in the back in the freaking yeah. backfield and hope someone runs into you because that's apparently a penalty. Yeah, like that, that was. And again, the Eagles should have still lost the game anyway. And maybe they get the ball back and they don't even do anything because they had that pathetic drive which I feel like is not getting talked about enough coming out of this game where um, it, it is the one where they ended with Jalen Hurts just like dropping his eyes and running into a five-yard sack on third and eight. Like what the heck was that from the offense? But that was frustrating as well, the Brandon Graham call. So you mentioned the uh, uh, the referee explanation about um, the Goddard play. I thought his explanation on the Graham play was even worse. Uh, referee is Alex Kemp, by the way. He's doing uh, – other fellow Kemp, in my case, yeah. Kemp's Are you related to him? Um, a, a <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, he's doing all other Kemp uh, or Kempskis a disservice with his bad officiating from, from Monday night. But here's – so Zach Berman is the is the pool reporter uh, for us. And if there's – first of all, if, if you ever have to interview an official after a game, that's not a good sign for the official. Like it's, it's it only happens maybe like once a year on like you know, maybe like twice where – an, uh, an official will be interviewed after the game by by a poll reporter because of a crucial play that happened in a game that they sort of have to answer for. And his explanation was, uh, quote, I had ruled the quarterback had had clearly given himself up. Therefore, he is down and a defenseless player. The contact by Philadelphia number uh, 55, Brandon Graham, of course, was not only late, but also to the head and neck area. So like, okay, a couple things to unpack here. First thing is, the notion that Kemp, quote unquote, ruled that Heineke had given himself up. I mean, that might be true in his own mind, but like you said, he didn't blow the whistle until right. like Brandon Graham was already sliding into him. So like, unless Brandon Graham is a mind reader, he can't possibly know that that was the ruling on the, the according to this referee. But then also the idea that like it was a headshot is completely laughable. Like well, he kind of slid into him and yet there was contact to his head, but that in no way is the type of headshot that the NFL is seeking to penalize. Also, what is it? Is it that it was late or was it the head? Because you said two different things there. Right, which one is it? Which, right. Which what Zach Berman uh, followed up about, and he said, well, like, either way, I guess. But, like, 
But which one is it though? Because you said two different things. <laughs> like, like, what? What's your conviction here? What did you really see? Because you just yeah. you're just trying to like come up with reasons now. It seems like to justify what was clearly a bad call, and also, um, like Taylor Heineke getting up right after and celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl. Like, whatever, he's allowed to do that. But like that, this is so we've we've lost the spirit of the rule. The spirit of the rule is to protect the quarterback from getting hurt. Taylor Heineke looked pretty okay to me. Yeah. I know it's not like you can pick up the flag at that point, but it just kind of underscores how ridiculous of a call it was when the quarterback was clearly not affected at all and was just trying to – like, I, I hate when officiating is done by literally letter of the law and not the spirit of the rule because that's what, that's what the rules are for. It's about, like, enforcing, you know, a concept, I feel like, not literally just, like, does this happen? Like, mm-hmm. like it's not – it shouldn't always be so literal, um, but whatever, getting away from the point here uh, – a, a good referee would not have thrown that flag. So, like game deciding you, play, you can exp- <laughs> you can you can, ex- you can maybe make the point that it's a penalty, like it's by letter of the law, it's a penalty, and he should have thrown the and and you know a, a flag reasonably could have come out. A good official does not throw that flag. A bad one does. It's just, you're just inserting yourself in the game and deciding the game for why? Because like what? Why did Washington deserve to be rewarded for that? Because the quarterback? I don't. I don't. Anyway, whatever. Um, there's a good play by Heine. Let's. I'll give Heineke credit for for, the, for on two things on that play. First of all, um, he knew what to do in that situation. They dropped back to pass. There's nobody open. He knew not to throw it away. He knew to stay like go down to force the Eagles to call their final timeout, or else the clock is going to run. So good job by him on that. And then also the flop. Like he <laughs> flopped on that play, and it wasn't such like an egregious flop where you go, okay, well I'm not throwing the flag because that was like you overacted it on that one. But I thought his acting on the flop was actually stellar. Um, all right. So I want to get away from the ref thing because I know our people are going to be like, oh, are you complaining about the refs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be, to be clear, the Eagles justifiably lost 100%. that game. And they conversely, to lose. The, commanders, the commanders won that game. They played phenomenally well, in, in, for, for, the, for their level of talent that, the that they have. Like they, they came out with a yeah. great game plan, and I thought that they executed it like, to, to, the, to the degree that uh, they, they absolutely – justifiably deserve to win that I game. I will say the first half, the Eagles got outplayed for sure. The second half, the Eagles lost. Like, they, they beat themselves in the second half. That's how I look at it. At the second half of the game, um, they, they put themselves in a bad spot with a really bad first half. I mean, as you know, throughout the game, as I was texting you, um, like, Jonathan Gannon, man, look at these drives. So, obviously, the Eagles start the game. They have, or, uh, Washington, you know, they uh, it's a three and out until the penalty. Washington gets a second chance. Heineke gets strip sacked by Josh Sweat. Nice play. Eagles go up 7-0, which just makes the loss hurt all the Yeah, it looks like all yeah, the route like, is okay. on. Like, this should be <laughs> and then not so 11 much. and a half point favorites, by the way. It went up to right before kickoff. Um, oh, did anyway, it? Okay. Uh, these are the, the, the consecutive four drives before the end of the first half. 13 plays, 75 yards, 7 minutes, 21 seconds off the clock, touchdown, tie game. Then 12 plays, 49 yards. 6.30 off the clock, field goal. Washington cuts it to a 14-10 to 10 lead. Then 16 play, 86-yard, 7 minutes, 4 seconds off the clock. Washington takes the lead for the first time, 17-14. to 14. And then they get a field goal at the end of the first half, and 8 plays, 30 yards, a minute, and 6 seconds off the clock. So the Eagles are down at halftime by 6 points. I mean, mm-hmm. what what was the one word? Do you... I'll, I'll... Hold on, let, let me piggyback off that too. So after the second half ended, the Eagles got the got the ball to start the half. They went bang three yep. and out quickly, and then Commanders the fourth yeah, drive, true. fourteen plays, sixty six yards, eight twenty three, and a field goal. Half, more than so half of the, the three... second quarter or third quarter. <laughs> so hold on the three the three long drives that you mentioned the seven twenty one the six thirty the seven oh four. And then the one that I mentioned, the eight twenty three. If you add them all up, you get twenty nine minutes and eighteen seconds, which is basically half of the game on those four scoring on those four commander scoring drives. This is how, and you know, shout out to loyal listener, good friend Noah Becker. This is literally how Jonathan Gannon wants to play defense. Like, obviously, he. I mean, he wants to force turnovers. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to allow points. Sure, but. In terms of like the style, this is exactly how he wants to play his defense. What is the one word we use? I'm way too fired up about a game that really doesn't, I think, matter a lot. In the like, if we're talking about quick pause here, if we're talking about concern, uh, if I didn't already say this for the Eagles long term, I might get a two out of ten with this loss. Yeah, they're, they're going to be fine. Frustrating yeah. and something that is a concern is just like 
Jonathan Gannon, man. I know he's done some, some obviously some good things this year. The Eagles defense has produced, but I, I keep saying, I, I've, been say, I've been beating this drum that I think it's more about the talent than it really is him. And this game reminded me of last year in 2021. And what was the one word we always came back to to describe Jonathan Gannon's defense? Begins with a T. Do you remember? It has something to do with the thing I'm pointing to in my mouth right now. Toothless. Oh, toothless. I was I was considering yeah. at one point during last night's game tweeting out a picture of a person with a mouth with no teeth, but then I decided that would be really disturbing, so I did not do it. But you get the point. They get the point. You get the effect. It's toothless. It's just oh, we'll just sit back and we'll make the quarterback drive all game. He's going to make a mistake at some point. Jimmy, what did you say on the podcast leading up to this game? How did Gannon not listen to that? You just you you said leading up to this game. <laughs> Taylor Heineke lives at the line of scrimmage. It's what he wants to do. He wants yeah. to live at the line of scrimmage yeah, and all these, yeah, yeah. these little BS plays. And, of course, Washington wants to run the ball after seeing, uh, and we, we'll get into that, uh, the Texans have success with that last week. Why not challenge him? Why not challenge him at one point to actually, you know, make up, again, a description you used, rag arm. Why don't you make him use that rag arm to test you right. down the field? And we saw, and we saw it too. We saw it like when he did throw it down right. the field, you saw how weak it. So why weren't you doing that more? Yeah. And also like Washington's MO, they know they're the lesser team in this matchup. They want to shorten the game. They want to go on these long drives. Why are you allowing them to do that? Make them decide. Make them make a big play. And they didn't even eliminate the big plays fully, by the way. So it's not like, oh, well, the defense eliminated the big plays, but they just gave up short stuff. No, <laughs> right. they allowed big plays too. Just like pathetic, honestly. This Washington offense is not good. Like, I've been, you know, I, I keep tabs on the other SB Nation NFL uh blogs especially the nfc East ones and hogs haven had mm-hmm. like so many articles the past couple weeks or whatever even with wins like this offense is so anemic like they can't do anything they're pathetic and the eagles just let them march down the field yeah i mean their their game plan was was very clear very early in the game and um so i, I thought like jonathan gannon's game plan was fine like initially but once their game plan was like just crystal freaking clear that they're just going to run it and run it and run it as much as they could, keep, stay on schedule. They're getting runs of like like run for three, run for four, and they'd be third and three. They convert it, run for five, run for three, third and two, convert it, run for one, run for seven, third and two, convert it. Like they just they just kept getting the they kept kept trying their their pass to stay on schedule, which is frankly a sign of respect knowing they that full well knowing full well that they did not have the talent to match up against this Eagles team they wanted like you said they wanted to shorten the game just burn clock and you know kind of methodically drive down the field if they could and they just convert kept converting you know third down after third down after third down i actually thought the Eagles run defense was fine mostly so they they the commanders rushed the ball 49 times in that game they 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 ran for 152 yards which is yards per carry average of 3.1. So normally you'll take 3.1 all day, like every game. And like, but at some point you got to get, you know, stops on, on third down and, and on their, they, they, at one point they were, they ended up 12 for 21 on third down, which is bad. But at one point they were 12 of 16. So they actually, you know, didn't convert on, on their final five third down attempts, but 12 of 16 at one point in that game for, as you mentioned, like a bad offense. And some of those weren't like, some of those weren't short ones. It was like third and 11 on one, third and seven, I think. There, Terry McLaurin was just eating them alive on those uh, high leverage situations. I thought the corners were playing too far off. I don't know if that was um, on Slay or and or Bradbury or if that was sort of the the design of the scheme for this game. Uh, but I don't think they they drew up enough pressures, either run blitzing them or blitzing them on third down situations. I don't think there was enough of that. It was the same kind of like um, soft like unaggressive, toothless, as you mentioned, kind of defense. And at some point, like, again, I thought it was fine early on. Like, okay, let let Tyler, uh, Tyler, let Taylor Heineke, you know, make a mistake and throw you the ball. But at some point, once they're converting on all these third downs, you got to adjust and, and kind of um, come up with a different way to stop this offense because you can't just be content to let them hold the ball for the entire game and not get, and, and have your offense sitting on the sidelines all day. And to his Credit, I put that in air quotes because I don't feel good giving him credit because it was too late. He did adjust later in the game, it seemed like. Maybe some of that was also Washington kind of... Yeah, fourth quarter, they they started playing good defense. Right, but it's too late. It was too late at that point. <laughs> right. Damage was done. 
And it's just, it's really disheartening from a standpoint of like, if Taylor Heineke could do this, it's like, well, then, you know, like, what's Tom Brady going to do if you're going to play this way? And hopefully, <laughs> right. you know, they would learn and not do that. But um, it's, it's just, it's really frustrating from a defensive coordinator whose aesthetic is just so, it's so, so lame, so freaking lame. Like who, who likes this? Who is like, this is a cool way to play. I know it's worked for them <laughs> at times. And I get the theory of, you know, guys are going to make mistakes, but. I don't know, man. They they needed to adjust quicker than they did, and they didn't, and they lost the game because of it. And that's not to say it's the only reason they lost. When the offense turns the ball over three times, then four, if you can include the last play of the game, certainly an issue, and we'll get into that. But And I will say in the run defense, it clearly wasn't efficient overall, you know, with that three-point whatever number it was. Mm-hmm, 3.1. Like it, was, yeah. it was good when they needed it, though. Like when they were in the red zone. Uh, and Brian Robinson is like yeah. bowling over Brian Robinson who just got shot like a couple of weeks ago or two months, whatever it was, is like bowling over Fletcher Cox. Like, great, great job, mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox, who, by the way, has um, now zero sacks, one tackle for loss, two quarterback hits in his last like 279, 289 snaps played. That's his last six games. Uh, top 10 interior defensive line. But he played 70 snaps in that game, by the way. It's 70. too much, but also like. It's just so weak too because Jordan Davis is out and that hurts. But it's also so lame. I just I I'm tired of like, oh Jordan Davis is out, so the Eagles can't have a good defense. Like, what are you talking about? How many how many teams are dealing with injuries and like and how how many yeah. times he's a he's a rookie. and also like think about the the injuries Jim Schwartz had to deal with. He has starting freaking Josh yeah. Hawkins in a playoff game and they hold the Saints to like what twenty points or whatever. Like, come on, give me a right. break. Like, figure it out. Gannon does, he doesn't he does not maximize what you have. I feel like at the very best he'll give you what they should be, their talent level, but he will not get more. He will not squeeze more of that orange than that can possibly be squeezed. It's just it's so so I just I, I'm over the aesthetic. It's it's very frustrating to me. Uh any other Yeah, I mean th- that's what happened. Like that 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 game is basically what it looks like when that approach goes badly. Mm-hmm. And um when when it does go badly those, I mean, that kind of game is just extraordinarily hard to watch because the Commanders had the ball for like 41 minutes in that game. Eagles had the ball for 19. The Commanders ran like 83 plays. I think they ran 51 plays in the first half. Just to put that in context, remember the the, the first game of the Chip Kelly era when yeah. they played Washington in in uh, Maryland, um, and they I think they ran 53 snaps in the first half of that game. The commanders ran two fewer snaps than the Eagles in that game without the tempo. They were like running the clock down. Like the, the play clock was running all the way down almost to zero on, on, on almost all their plays. And they still had 51 snaps in the first half. The Eagles ran 19 snaps, I think, in the first half. That is just an absurd discrepancy. Washington just completely owned that half. And, uh, I think up front, like we looked at like, you know, the way that the Eagles played against uh, the commanders week three, when they just own their defensive line, they couldn't in this game because they ran the ball so much and you have to account for it and camping yours back and go after the quarterback. I thought when they like had some opportunities to do that, they were able to get pressure. And, you know, you mentioned the Josh sweat sack, Javon Hargrave had a sack. Uh, that, that was nice. They had other guys that were getting pressure on that play too, but they just didn't have the opportunities to go after him because they kept getting, because the commanders just did a very good job staying on schedule on first and second down. So, yeah again like on the one hand i think they did a a, i don't think the run defense was the biggest culprit in this game um more you know certainly i think their their third down conversions were by far the 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 more egregious uh defensive concern in that game but uh to your point like in the red zone they were good and i think it's at some point when the adjustments didn't come you needed the eagles to make big stops in the run game, like yeah, get TFL a tackle for right. loss, get a gain of one, get a gain of, you know, a gain of mm-hmm. zero Knock them and then schedule. put them in those second or third, third and long uh, situations. And they just weren't doing that. Even when they were sort of stopping the run, like a two yard gain and then like a four or five yard gain. It was devastating to them. Even like it was just death by a thousand. Yeah, deaths. I think that's a key point by you. Like the lack of negative plays. Like even if it's three yards, okay, you get three yards on your first two plays. Then it's you know like what third and third and four. Uh, and I feel like the, and and that mm-hmm. was Washington's average distance to go last night, according to our good friend uh, Zach Berman. It's four point six yards. It's the lowest of any opponent for the Eagles this yeah. season. They kept getting into third and manageable, and they kept converting. And some of those conversions were not like tight window great throws by Heineke. 
guys are just open, wide open at times. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> yes. Against the secondary that's yeah. been pretty locked down. Darius Slay obviously did not have a good game, probably his worst game. Uh, and then Terry McLaurin's an, a pretty awesome wide receiver. So some of that is, you yeah. know, he's not going to. He's a top 10 guy in yeah, my opinion. He's not going to lock him all game, get down all game long, um, but certainly you would want better. Uh, Fletcher Cox, you know, speaking of those tackles for loss, would have been nice to see one from him. It seems like he's just cooked, right. which is unfortunate because he just paid him $14 million this year when it was very apparent that he shouldn't have been brought back. Um, you know, the lack mm-hmm. of Jordan Davis hurts for sure. Having to play Hargrave and Coxmore, all that. Uh, a lot of issues really across the board, uh, but we can get off the defense. Oh, by the way, last thing really quick. It's like some weird sentiment that the Eagles like should play into Kobe Dean more and that's going to fix the defense. Where's this coming from? Like why, how is that a thing? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what's the plan? Like, how does it feel? Like, are you subbing him in for, um, are you subbing him Josiah in for Kaiser White? Uh, are you subbing in for, for TJ Edwards? Are you putting three, are you now playing in like a base defense, like three linebackers on the field with what? You're, I mean, you playing a 4 3 at this point? Like, you're completely changing your defense to put, to get Nicobe Dean on the field? Yeah, I don't understand that either. All right. Uh, let's take a break here and quickly RighteousSelling.com discount code BGN15 at RighteousSelling.com. And Kristen wrote to Roach Realtors. Jimmy, tell me about her. Yeah, you can reach her at 856-906-9295. She's a realtor. She can sell you a home. She can go take you around, look at houses. Uh, if you want to buy one of them, you can. Or if you're looking to list your home for sale... You should do so with Kristen Roach, voted by God, God himself or herself as the number one realtor in the history of the universe. When you think about how big the universe is and how long it's been around, it's staggering to know that Kristen Roach was voted by God as the the number one realtor in the history of the universe. So call her 856-906-9295. Brandon? Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, the first post-loss edition of BGN Radio. Jimmy, 
You're fired up on this I, one. It's just it's a lot of frustration. It's not. <laughs> it's not even about the loss itself. Like again, in the magnitude, but just. Although the, the the Vikings thing is frustrating and the Cowboys thing is certainly frustrating, especially because I have to record the NFC mixtape in about like thirty minutes with RJ, and I do not get to troll him as much as I I still will troll him to some extent, obviously with the Cowboys losing, but Cowboys not, bad and, and worse than the Eagles, I would say, uh, not yeah. with the full force I could have. Um, but yeah, it's just it was just frustrating. It was a frustrating night. Uh, it clearly just was not their night. Let's get to the offense. Uh, I thought Jalen yeah. Hurts played fine. Right, like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he was finished seventeen to twenty six for one seventy five, six point seven. Just yeah, they barely had the ball. Barely had the ball. <laughs> so you know? strange that like, two deep shots he took two resulted in negative plays in terms of like the one yeah. ball is literally in AJ Brown's hands. Both both great throws. <laughs> it's in AJ Brown's hands. It's in his hands. It, it, it turns into an interception, which, by the way, the runback was so pathetic. I can't believe more. Just another point about like not good officiating didn't matter. Like the runback because the Washington whatever scored anyway after that. He, he was but clearly. He was clearly down. I was in the yeah. moment. I was like, he's down. He's clearly down. Like, but guys can get hurt <laughs> right. on that runback, and these refs are like allowing it to happen. Right. It's so dumb. Uh, so that's that's part of what I am frustrated about. This like the incompetency of the ref, regardless of the result. Like it's just bad process. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that not only does that play result in a bad play, but <laughs> then it finally hits Quez Watkins, and it's such like a vibe shift in terms of like, oh, the Eagles are going to win this game now. Like, the big play to Quez Watkins. This is <laughs> yeah. where they're going to go ahead. Uh, if not on that play, then they're going to march, you know, into into the red zone and get a score. And no, he fumbles. Of course he does, because that's how the night is going. Um, I, not much to say. Just a really bad loss by Quez. I do. Maybe I can add a little bit of color and perspective here. I can clearly remember at least, if not multiple times, at least once, and I think multiple, when Nick Sirianni would get on Quez during those drills they would do, like at the beginning of practice where we can still film and take pictures in training camp, mm-hmm. where they would like be carrying the ball and they would have someone try to punch it out as the guys were going to the ground. I remember Sirianni getting on Quez, I think I think multiple times. I think one of them was even in Cleveland, uh, another one in Philly. So maybe that is a real thing with him that has been an issue. Um, but certainly just like not something that you worry about as sustainable, like a sustainable problem, uh, but just bad timing. Ball security in terms of not fumbling is an enormous point of emphasis within the Eagles building. Um, in fact, sort of ironically, they had put up these signs <laughs> in the Eagles auditorium about like, uh, a couple key po- coaching points on carrying the football is like Eagle claw is how you want to kind of hold the, the, the point of the ball. Um, you want to hold the ball above your elbow. Um, a couple, there's a couple other things on there too, but these two big displays uh, they put up uh, in the, in the auditorium. And uh, I mean, I, I even knew before those things went up, like it was a big point of emphasis for them. Um, I know that like one of the, uh, the emphasis of the, like on the bye week on corrections, even though they hadn't mm-hmm. fumbled, I don't think at all. Before, yeah, the, the Texans, the, uh, the, the Texans one was the first one. Yeah, when Hurts got yeah. strip sacked, uh, Jalen Hurts had two fumbles in that game. He lost one, they got one back. I don't think they had fumbled at all, aside from like a uh, you know a, right. a muff punt or whatever, or like a bad snap that like right. Hurts didn't handle or something like that. Um, but like an actual fumble where like they got stripped or anything like that that hadn't happened, and um, that was a correction. Even though they hadn't mm-hmm. fumbled at all, they had pointed yeah. out. Uh, you know, instances on tape where maybe they were holding the ball carelessly mm-hmm. or loosely, and he wanted them to tighten that up. Uh, I don't think LaShawn McCoy would have been a favorite of uh, Nick Sirianni the way he, you know, used to carry the ball way away from his body. Worked for him. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> it did somehow. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so they, they, uh, he was not happy with uh, the Quez Watkins fumble on that play. And first of all, I thought Quez could have kept his feet on that catch. And if he had, yeah. he's gone. Like th- he's, that's a touchdown. If, if he, if he's able to stay on his feet on that catch, uh, but he, he went to the ground. He, he felt like the, he felt the need to dive for that catch for some reason, uh, went to the ground, got up. And then of course they were able to catch him. Um, and yeah, I mean, as you said, from a vibes perspective, that, that play more than any in the, in that game was just sort of, you know, it just 
mm-hmm. hammered home the idea. Yeah, this just isn't going to be your night. Yeah, and it's it's tough from like a crowd perspective. That's one thing I meant to add in with the defense. They just the Eagles did not <laughs> yes. give this team much, or the fan base not much like to cheer about. Obviously, they you know go up early in the game. Sure, um, the crowd was good then, but with all these long drives and then these like like gut uh is that the word? what are these crushing turnovers gut, gut punching punch. turnovers it's just like it sucks the wind out of the stadium so that that certainly uh didn't help matters there um little 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 cheering in the in that press box on that play too heard, by uh, the way there was like a little I heard discussion of this commanders yeah. oh did you oh who'd you hear uh, Bo mentioned who, who this on Birds this? With Friends the recap oh he did he okay I didn't realize that the, uh, Washington um, there was a gasp initially when Quez caught the ball, and then when he fumbled, there was a wow. big cheer that, that went up. Big Washington. cheer from uh, some. I don't know who exactly. Well, it had to have been like their PR department. I don't know. Was, mm-hmm. I, there was PR department. I don't know who it was. It wasn't their reporters, uh, but there was a big cheer that went up. Uh, I don't think it was the reporters anyway. That'd be extremely unprofessional <laughs> if it were. But yeah, um, like there's there. It's rare that you hear that sure. in the press box, but they let it, they let it rip uh, after Quez fumbled that ball, and they were able to recover. So. Devontae had a chance at that recovery yeah, too. By you know, the way, it's a loose ball. It's and, tough. Uh, just yeah, it's hard. It's I mean, it's it's hard to do. Um, it's it's an oddly shaped ball. In case you were, uh, in case you're new to football, it's not like a basketball or baseball. That's right. It's got a weird shape. It bounces Good around insight. kind of weirdly, and uh, if you try to dive on it, you don't always get it. So uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I mean that 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 play was was like you said, just a total. It wasn't as bad as the Goddard mm-hmm. play. Now that we know that Goddard got hurt, also because of that play. But in terms of that game, I mean, that's a potential game winner. They're they're going to take the lead if he's able to keep his feet and go into the end zone. Yeah, and uh, who knows if if Washington is able to recover from and that. And again, point. I think like the crowd's fully backing it into it at that point, and it's just yeah. like that. They're probably throwing the ball mm-hmm. at that point. You can pin your ears right. back and get after them. Like they probably can't <laughs> exactly. continue on that They're BS on on yeah. you know that 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 ball control bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Looking at the rest of the offense, uh, AJ Brown got banged up in this game. Like he clearly tweaked something. Mm-hmm. I believe it was on his first catch, which was his only catch of the night for seven yards. So that didn't help matters. And also, it was a concern moving forward with Goddard uh, missing time. Uh, not great. Devontae also had to get looked at at one point, but didn't miss a ton of playing time. Kelsey. Uh, so did Kelsey. Uh, so did Josh Sweat. Uh, am I missing anyone else? Maybe. I don't know. No, those are the big ones. Sweat Sweat was limping around a little bit in the uh, locker room. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah. So, uh, but Ke- Kelsey, Ke- they used like a whole roll of tape <laughs> to retape mm-hmm. Kelsey. I think it was his left foot, uh, his left foot and ankle. Um, yeah, it was because he got hurt on the play before the first touchdown, and then he stayed in, and they ran the QB sneak behind him, and they got in, and he he was he was hurt. Like he wasn't happy after that play, and uh, he was on the trainers. They didn't pull the ten up for him. But they, they took a while retaping that left foot and ankle. Uh, a couple more things I wanted to get into. Uh, kind of underrated discussion point, I think, was the third and 12 uh, penalty that happened with the Washington having an illegal uh, man downfield. Uh, it was declined. Mm. Third and 13 it was. Third, it was. According so to the game log I'm looking at, ESPN it. says third and 12. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you're right in the stadium. It did say third and 13, hence the discrepancy, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have made it either third and 17 or third and 18. And I think like, it, so in the moment, I, I thought originally, I thought they should have accepted that penalty because you want to force in third and long because you might force Taylor Heineke into do something dumb again. He had just right. thrown up. Uh, the right. previous drive was the one where he threw that interception to CJ DJ. So I thought you could kind of bait them into making a mistake, or maybe he holds onto the ball too long. You sack him, and then they're out of field goal range, and then they have to punt it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I think he probably had to get a little bit more aggressive there. I think it being a the fact that it's still it was a two point game at that point. Um, I think there's more of a discussion. If it made it a two score game, I think you have to accept the penalty at that point because you have to just go balls to yeah. the wall. Um, but I could be wrong. I feel like Sirianni not accepting that penalty has to do a little bit with at least like not trusting totally in Jonathan Gannon. Uh, if not consciously, a little subconsciously there. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that? Well, so uh, by not accepting the penalty, it was a 55 yard right. field goal attempt, which is difficult he to make. He just made it. If you push him back earlier though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he certainly had the leg, but but on that fifty-five yard kick, he barely cleared the he right. barely cleared the crossbar, so he wouldn't have made that from sixty if, if they mm-hmm. if they like so like for example, let's say 
you know, you, you send them back five yards and they throw an incomplete pass. Are they going to attempt a 60 yard field goal based on the way he like crushed that first kick? Mm-hmm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he doesn't make it. Um, but, you know, and, and like you said, um, you know, I think the idea of pushing them back is putting pressure on them to try to make a play down the field. And maybe they don't like, maybe they just do a little dump mm-hmm. down and they get five to 10 yards or something like that. Uh, right. Eagles it's a risk. You know, rally and tackle and, and, and they get a little closer field goal. Like I, I fine, but like, yeah, I'm with you. I would have, uh, I probably would have accepted that penalty and uh, pushed them back and, and made them try to make a play, see what you can maybe bait them into. Uh, maybe you get a sack, as you said, push them out of field goal range. Maybe you get a turnover, big play uh, like they've done all year. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's also, I mean, at the same time, like I would have done that, but I don't think it was an egregious. No. Call. Like, I don't think it's a no brainer. It's certainly, um, yeah, I mean, I think certainly it was a, uh, it, was, it was a very defensible call. Uh, decision that they made to okay go ahead go go try to make this 55 yard field goal go, go ahead see, let's see you do it again and this isn't a great kicker that they mm-hmm. have like he's got a big leg but he's not the most accurate guy i think he's actually having a decent season this year but over his this is a guy that's kind of like bounce uh sly joey sly i think his mm-hmm. name is he's kind of bounced around the league a lot so i don't think he's known as like as a as a necessarily ideal kicker to have uh, so I, I totally, and he was four for four on the night. He made two kicks of over 55 yards, which kind of goes against, against sort of the luck that the, that the Eagles had in this game. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, uh, it was an interesting call. Did he, he got asked about that in the, in the postgame press conference. Uh, right? I don't remember, but from an ethos standpoint, it just feels like if you're going to be Mr. You know, aggressive in offense, it feels like you might, you know, apply that to the defense as well and try to get aggressive there. Although their defensive coordinators, anything, but uh aggressive but it's not his call it would be up to Sirianni not Gannon at that point or at least it should be you know there's another underrated call that that, that, that I think I, I, again I don't want to say they messed up the the call not to accept the illegal man downfield penalty because I think it was fine either way like totally justified totally justifiable decision either way but the one play that I thought they messed up was uh after they sort of feebly went three and out so they had the ball with what three something left in the game yeah with a chance to down They're five, penalty. I think it was right after that field goal. No, and they they had a chance to the fumble. It the wasn't Clint's okay. fumble was right after the field goal. The the Eagles three and out was after they had forced a three and out. Okay, so they have a chance to go down mm-hmm. and win the game. Bang, three and out. Run to, run to Miles Sanders for what like mm-hmm. two, and then there was an incomplete pass, yep. I believe, to Miles Sanders, and then uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> basically ran himself into a sack dropped his eyes way uh, too soon punt. Yeah. so so on the punt uh oh, yeah. aaron sipos is back to punt uh the commander's guy gets through the line it's going to block the punt Sipos actually does a nice job of avoiding that yeah. guy and punting it but if, whenever that whenever that happens you're going to have a legal man mm-hmm. down the field so it's a penalty of course i think the punt was like 48 yards close to 50 yards so of course they're going to accept that penalty and make him punt it again but also at that point, so the original punt was like 218 or something like that on the clock. And then afterward, it was like 208. Mm-hmm. I think it was 208. And if you kick it down the middle of the field, it's going to get to the two-minute warning. I, I remember saying before the punt, they should kick this out yeah. of bounds. They should at least angle it out of bounds so maybe it goes out of bounds. Uh, you don't want to like aim necessarily towards the sideline because if you shank it even a little bit it's going to be like a nothing mm-hmm. punt but at least angle it that way and maybe it goes out of bounds and then you're get, like they're going to get the ball with more than two minutes yeah. left on and the clock and you preserve one of your timeouts yeah. at that point instead he just kicked it right down the middle of the yep. field he kicked it like squarely down well, the middle of the field and it's weird that they didn't think of that what it's, like, it's what weird are they doing? It's, it's weird the special teams didn't give the eagles an edge <laughs> i mean that's part for the horse all year like they're not going to get that right yeah um, did they not think of that? Did they not look at the clock and think? I guess of that? not. I think that's a little. You know, it's 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 minutia. Uh, it's important. There's, but they have enough coaches on the sideline where you think somebody would go. Oh, they should. We should kick this out. I of agree. Back. Somebody can look at the clock and think of I that, agree. right? But I could, I could see how it could get overlooked. I don't think it was egregious. Um, but it's it's certainly you know if you're talking about top tier coaching, elite level stuff, then yeah, that's the stuff they would they would catch and they would get. Um. Last thing I'll say on the offense, at least for me, is that, you know, defense deserves a lot of heat, but the offense did come up small in some big moments. I mean, where the Eagles have been money this season, like money is these, you know, end of second uh, quarter drives. The second quarter has been their quarter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 
you know, they get the ball at their own 25 after a touchback uh, with 135 on the clock. And I believe they still had the three timeouts to work with too. Um, or maybe not. Maybe they only had a couple at that point. I forget. Uh, in any case, plenty of time to at least get a field goal. You go three and out. Right. I mean, like, what was that? And also, why was your per- first pass to Kenny Gainwell who dropped it? Like, why are we targeting Kenny Gainwell? Like, <laughs> really? Like, that's the guy. Like, you're down three points at this point. So you just you trailing for the first time. We got to get the ball in the hands of Kenny Gainwell. Like, really? Why? Like, really? You had to force it to him there? Like, that's pathetic. How about maybe at that point, Dallas Goddard wasn't hurt yet. How about maybe get it to him? Or A.J. Brown was binged up. So that's tough. But like. Uh, Devonte, two yeah. passes to, to birthday boy. It's his, it's his birthday. Get throwing the ball. Why? Why, why is Kenny Gainwell? Why do you have to force a touch to him in that moment? I just, I, I really did not like that at all. Uh, even if he caught it, I just don't, I don't love how like you have to get him involved here because it's the two minute drill. Uh, Eagles go three and out there. That's big because then Washington gets a field goal to go up twenty to fourteen. Um, first play of the second half, <laughs> three and out. Eagles go three and out. Yeah. Uh, they try to run the ball. Um, kind of just a good breakup, I thought, by Kendall Fuller there. Uh, AJ Brown clearly wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Kind of tough third and three. I mean, make the case they could have should have been aggressive and went for it on fourth and three. It's tough. Um, but I think you can argue they should have. They needed a spark at that point. Um, and then you know, then it's the touchdown drive, which was their longest and best drive. Um, but then it was the fumble, fumble, and then the the three and out was just a total whimper at the end of the game. I know I touched on that with Hertz earlier, and I said he dropped his eyes, which he did. Um, but yeah. I also think I, I didn't notice this. Shout out to Bo again, who did. I think on that it was either the third and eight or the second and eight. Like AJ Brown and, and Devontae were not even on the field. They were like doing some uh, twelve personnel or thirteen personnel nonsense. Like what is that? What are we doing? Yeah, I didn't notice that. What what, what down was that? Was, I can't second? remember if it was the second or third, but either way, like it's like a, we're talking a money situation, right? Get your best, get, get, yeah, get your we, best like, players. Just stop field. over players, not plays. Yeah. Nick Sirianni says that. Come on, like what are we doing yes. with some of this? Why are we getting can we gain well involved? These are kind of nitpicking a little bit, but again, if we're talking about no, I don't think no, I don't think that is. I think that's a legit. Okay, right? well there you go. Um, so that was frustrating too. A lot of frustrating things added up to a loss that once again. The Eagles should not have had. They should not have won this game. They did not deserve. I mean, no, inter, enter, they should have won the game from a standpoint of their 11 and a half point favorites. They should have put forth a better. Uh, they, they needed to be better than they were, is how I'll put it. Um, but given how the first half went, they did not deserve to win that game at one point. They could have stole it. Uh, they were not able to because uh, they didn't deserve it. They turned the ball over. The refs didn't help at all by any means. And here they sit at 8-1. and one. And next up is a game that we'll talk about more later in this week, probably record on Thursday, uh, the Colts, who should be very yep. beatable. Yeah, that line is only like 7 or 7 and Bang a half. Bang the Eagles. 6.5 maybe Bang even. Bang the Eagles. That, holy crap. The, 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 talk about like over uh, overreaction to, to like on one game. Ends. The Eagles are going to smash that team. Like, let's not get uh, – Let's not overreact to an Eagles loss and the Colts win over the hot burning garbage the Raiders, Raiders who got shut like, out really? by the Saints. Six and a, it's six and a half? Are you kidding me? So anyway, in the aftermath of uh, this Eagles loss, of course, um, yeah, I mean, they have a short turnaround. This will be the third game this year that they have so far where they're playing um, a road game on short rest. Normally, you don't like having to do that the of course the first two times they had to do that was what the texans and week three against washington is it the commanders yeah, yeah yeah first time around so um yeah this will be their third short game short rest road game which i think in this case like normally you don't like that but i think in yeah. this case they want to get back out sure. on the field and, and flush that and flush this loss as quickly as they can so i think this actually comes at a fortunate time when uh when when they want to get right back out on the field, even though they are, even that they, even as we mentioned, you know, they did come out of that game pretty banged up. I still think they want to get right back out there and and put this. Loss I agree. Behind. And if you stomp the crap out of Indy, then whatever. This game was a, this Washington game was a blip on the radar. You know, you've kind of course corrected a bit here. You can you know go down the stretch here and still get the number one seed. Certainly not a sky is falling moment. I mean, I mean, but you have to do that. You can't go out and then lose against Indy and start like. Because then that is the that is going to be the, the sky is falling. Right. And, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's pa- it's panic time. Exactly. If you lose to this garbage. Uh, so team. just yeah. find a way to win. Doesn't even have to be pretty. Uh, would be ideally, you know, assert your dominance. Show that you're not messing around. Stomp this team, this inferior team. Uh, but you got to get the win. 
it's, it's imperative at this point. The margin for error has decreased after, and, and that's why this game is hurtful. I don't, I don't buy that this is it's a good thing to lose. There's all those articles last week from ESPN and whatever. Well, actually, the Eagles need to lose. It's better for them. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's bad. It's bad that they lost. How, what are we no. talking about? Like, how is this even a, an argument? It's bad that they lost. That being said, can they turn this loss into a positive? Yes, again, um, if they play better moving forward and show that they can't take opponents for granted and that they need to adjust sooner. there are Now that they're in this situation, they can make the most out of it, yes, for sure, but they did not be, need to be in this situation. Uh, and that's why it was a frustrating loss for the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 8-1. and one. Certainly something you would sign up for before the season if the if you could take right, the deal that they would right. be eight and one at this point. Um, so that's where they are. Um, uh, we will be back with you again to preview the Colts game and any other happenings this week. Obviously a short week here with the Eagles having played on Monday. Uh, do you have any final thoughts, Jimmy? Um, no, I hadn't really put my any thought into my final thoughts. Uh, I don't know. I guess I am... Uh... Indianapolis is one of these weird towns that I know fairly well because I'm there every year for the NFL Combine. So I guess I'm interested in getting out there and uh, getting – that. what they have a ton of is, is uh, good steakhouses. So uh, get me a steak. How do you steak like your steak done? out there. Medium uh, medium. Like that's rare. the right answer. Like that's like the yeah, canonical yeah, – I think that's, that's chalk. Yeah, that's the right answer. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, you? Yeah, same. I'm not the biggest, uh, meat guy. Not like in terms of, obviously I love righteous fountain craft jerky, but I don't like in terms of, uh, like dinner and food. I like to go out and get a burger for sure. I don't really cook with a lot of meat. Um, I like a, a really, I, I don't want just a steak. Like, you know what I mean? From a, the grocery store. I, I don't want that. Like I want either like really nice steak or nothing. I don't, I don't want like this halfway, no half measures here. Um, I, you know what? I got a, I got a point okay. on that, by the way, I, there's, there's a, uh, first of all, I have a restaurant, I guess, to recommend here, although it's, I don't know if I'd call it a restaurant or not. Have you ever been to the Dutch wagon market in Medford? Like it's, it's on your way to LBI, like on okay. 70. Maybe that's why I've heard of it. It sounds familiar. It's, it's like, if you're going down 70 toward like LBI from Long Beach Island, Island for those it's on the who left side uh, aren't from the area. Yes. <laughs> it's on the left side and it's uh so it's this place run by Amish people. Um and they have these so they have these pretzel dogs. Oh man. Where it's a dog. Pre- they're pretzel cheese oh. dogs. So they wrap these 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 hot Fantastic. dogs in cheese and and pretzel and uh, like they 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 cook them and then they throw in this like vat of butter <laughs> and like and like they're it's probably the worst possible thing that you can eat but holy crap are they delicious and then they, just their regular pretzels are amazing too but then they have like other stuff in that store like they have a big candy section they have uh, like a butcher section and I never really tried the butcher section until like a, I don't know like a month or two ago and I got some fillets from there. Fired those bad boys up, and holy crap, they were amazing. So if you live in the Marlton, Medford, Mount Laurel, Southampton kind of area, I'm sure you already know. Uh, I'm sure you – I mean, everyone knows this place, Dutch Wagon Market. But, uh, yeah, absolutely uh, head on over there. And uh, if you're ever passing by it, again, like I said, on Route 70, absolutely worth your time to just pop in and see. And they're only open on the weekends. I think it's like Friday – Saturday and Sunday for sure, and that might be it. They might be open on Friday. I don't remember, but they're they're open like at a like no more than three days a week. So like if you want to go there, like if I want to go there and grab a hot dog, like one of these pretzel dogs on Wednesday, can't do it. So it's almost like a treat whenever they're open. Um, I have a take that no one actually likes steak and lobster; they just like butter. Because everyone's like, we well, you know what makes this so good. We just pour a ton of butter on that. Put that on any food. Put butter on like almost any right. food, and it's gonna be great. Uh. It's like bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Put bacon on anything. It's good. Some people think of bacon cheeseburgers too much. I totally disagree. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's like too yeah, much. Of course. That's yeah. a bit. Yeah. Come on. Um, my final thought is that obviously I'm a big proponent of supporting local. So I feel like I need to throw that caveat out there. But there's a time and place when, you know, I think a chain can make sense for you. And I have a little pro tip 
for the people, Jimmy. Not sponsors, although Duncan used to be a sponsor originally of BGN Radio. Little fun fact. Um, if you're looking to, <laughs> I'm just going to come back. We'd love to have you. <laughs> uh, if you want to maximize your coffee accessibility uh, early in the week, especially, so you go to Duncan on Monday. You, well, you download their app. Go to Duncan on Monday. You get whatever size coffee. I think you it has to be like a medium or large, whatever. And you get a free coffee with that. With a, I think it's any purchase. You get a free coffee with any purchase. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get two coffees. You could get a breakfast sandwich and a coffee. But if you want, you know, to, to have your coffee for the next day, because you can do iced or hot. What I would do is I would get a large coffee on Monday, but then you get the free medium that comes with it. So now I'm saving that for the next day. Also, for Wednesday. On Tuesdays now, I think from now until the end of the year, Wawa rewards members. So if you have the Wawa app, uh, you get a free coffee, iced or hot on Tuesdays. So basically what I'm trying to say here is I'm getting three coffees now per week for just the price of one. Not bad. Hmm. So okay. if you uh, want to get in on that, feel free. Not a sponsor, but. Do you have a, fav- do you have a favorite uh, Dunkin' Donuts donut? I'm a, so I don't know if it's specifically Dunkin' Donuts related. Um. My favorite donut in general is a Boston cream, but I don't want the white cream in there. I want the custard. So technically a Boston custard, but I don't yeah. like when it's... No, it's a Boston I know, cream. But I don't, oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. I'm, okay. I want to make this... All right. I didn't know that they put... Some places, not Duncan, do Boston cream, air quotes, but like they actually put the white cream in there and that's garbage. Like the vanilla cream? Well, it's like It's just like, like, yeah, like, no, I don't know. It's like white, like white and not liquidy, okay. like, you know, like the custard, but actually like, yeah. Yeah, I like get it. it. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I don't want that. I want the the custard. And then number two would be the chocolate. <laughs> you got a little fired the up cho- about well, that because it's just BS. And I bite into this donut, and it's the white, and it's not the yellow custard. Uh, so that's number one. Yeah, that's All just right. my favorite donut in general. And then number two, close behind, if they don't have the Boston cream, would be the glazed chocolate with chocolate ganache and sprinkles. That one is man, that's a killer donut. What about you? Okay. Well, my daughter is uh, a big fan of the strawberry frosted. That's right. With the Homer Simpson donut. That's right. So, uh, I mean, when she was younger, she's, she wouldn't, uh, react this way now, but like when she was like four or five, if I came home and that, and like, they gave me a strawberry frosted, but no sprinkles. Mm -hmm. Meltdown city, buddy. Yeah, I'd have to like go back and get one with sprinkles. Uh, but yeah, now, uh, but yeah, uh, that's always been our favorite and remains to this I day. I respect that. Like sometimes I know it seems silly, but you, the aesthetic needs to be there sometimes. I feel strongly about this way when it comes to mint ice cream. I like mint chocolate chip. Better be green. Get uh-huh. out of here with this white nonsense. I need the, the, the green is fun. It's such a fun color. How many times do you get to yeah, eat something you, colored man. like that? Like, sure. well, you, you're robbing me of this joy. If you're not giving me my green mint <laughs> ice cream. So I, I feel like there are definite things there that are, I can admit it's very silly. It doesn't actually change the flavor, but the aesthetic is part of the experience. You eat with your eyes. It's part of. Yeah. Like yeah. Briars is white. <sighs> the, their mint chocolate chip is white and it, and it actually tastes sure. very good. But uh, yeah, but I'm with you. I'd rather. I'd it's just fun. Put some come food on. Yeah, in there. I don't care. On. Yeah. Get it together. <laughs> All right. This is a, this is a, I needed this. I needed this. It's been a very frustrating uh, time, Jimmy. So I, I needed some some good conversation here. Uh, all right. And people stop listening anyway. So if you're listening to this still, probably you're a real one. We appreciate you subscribing to BGN Radio, Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Check out all of our episodes. Check out the YouTube channel because uh, there are videos, including the NFC's mixtape this week, which I, again, I will be recording with RJ in about 10 minutes here uh, uh, from when we are recording this. Make sure you check out bleedinggreennation.com for my work, phillyvoice.com for Jimmy Kemsky's work, and follow us on Twitter at Brandon Gouton and at Jimmy Kemsky, also on Instagram at BGN underscore radio is the podcast Twitter account. At Bleeding Green is the website Twitter account. Um, we're also on TikTok. I forget what that is because I'm an old man and I forget the handle, um, but Rachel has a TikTok going for us too. So search, I guess, Bleeding Green or something or BGN Radio on uh, TikTok and you can follow along there as well. How about that? Um, check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. And you can do that by going to the website I just said or 
calling or texting her at this phone number. 856-906-9295. We will be back with you to preview the Eagles and Colts game. This has been Brandon Lee Gowton. That has been Jimmy Kemsky. We will talk to you in a couple days. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.